So let's get ourselves on the same page. Uh, uh, Advent is a time of getting ready, getting ready for Jesus to come. We're using it to help us get ready to have Jesus come to us, not once a year, but day by day as we find him in his word. The whole of next year is devoted then to the story. And it's not just that on Sundays we will focus on it week by week. So we go from Genesis right through to uh, Revelation. But much more importantly, that we will feast on it day by day in our own lives. We're encouraging everyone from January the 1st not just to open their Bible and to read something written in it. But much more importantly, and I, I can't stress this enough, much more importantly, to learn what it means to hear God speak to us each day from his word and then go and live it. So last week I started talking about the fact that we needed to look, listen and live God's word every day. And uh, together with this week and then the following week, we're going to, next week, we're going to lay the foundations as to how we might do that together. If you missed last week, last week was all about why. Why is it so important that I get myself in God's Word? Why is it so important that I hear Him speak every day? If you missed that, then there's a variety of ways you can access that on the uh, internet. You can subscribe to it on iTunes. You can get a CD from the back. Uh, we'll put it on tape and vinyl record if that helps you as well. Uh, you can get it in a variety of ways. Uh, I- I'd love everyone to listen to it if you haven't heard it. If you don't understand the why, then there's little motivation for us. Uh, the why is really important. This week we move on to the how. How are we going to do it? How are we going to develop the skills to hear God speak to us every day? And I wanted to begin with that uh, one of those uh, verses in John chapter 1, which is our key chapter for the whole of December. So there in John chapter 1, we read that he, that's Jesus, was in the world, and though the world was made through him, say it with me, the world did not recognize him. That's astounding, isn't it? Though he, the creator, the sustainer of life, was in the world, they did not recognize him. The word still comes to us. And the word so often is still not heard, not recognized, not understood. And as we read those verses, something in our hearts turns, I hope, because you go, how could Jesus come and we not see it and recognize it? How come that he could speak and, and we are blind and deaf to what we see and what we hear? That's me sometimes. Jesus comes to me in his word and I'm blind and I'm deaf and I long to see. I want to learn what it is to hear. So this morning is very practical. We've got a shed load of stuff to do. So we're going to pray and, uh, and, and get on with it full speed ahead. Evan came and burst into my study early this morning. What are you doing? You're doing all that good morning stuff again, Dad. Yeah, that's it. Good morning. He tunes out after I've said good morning. Uh, and he says, will it be quick? No, son. No, oh, just two minutes, Dad. No. And he potters off again. Ah, he's got a lot to learn, hasn't he? Let's pray. Father, would you help us to be really efficient now with our time? Would you help me to be efficient with what I say? Would you help us to engage with our minds? And would you touch our hearts? Would you touch our hearts? In Jesus' name. Amen. 
So, before we get into the detail, you might be asking this question, what about me? Because I already do my Bible readings. Hey, if you already do your Bible readings, then that's absolutely fantastic, and you are the one in seven Christians that do that during a given week. So celebrate the fact that you are way ahead of everybody else, but don't be smug for too long, because I've got a more penetrating question for those of us who who might feel a little confident that we do at least get our Bibles open Monday through Saturday. The penetrating question is this. Are you hearing God speak to you from your daily reading? That's the real question. Are you hearing God speak to you? My experience is that those of us who manage to read the Bible daily or regularly fall into one or more of several different traps. Trap one, the goal becomes doing it. The goal becomes doing it. We're guilt-driven and we're ought-driven and the fact that I've achieved it makes me feel so good that that's enough for me. And I skip into my day delighted that I've managed to read God's word. Trap two, related to that, we barely engage with it. The goal becomes to to do it and that's enough for us and we're pleased enough with ourselves that we've managed to do it but I hardly engage, I hardly absorb it, I race through it because I'm familiar with it, I race through it because I don't understand it, I, I race through it because I don't like it. The important thing though is I'm getting through it. Is this just me? Yes, okay. I'm going to say it anyway because one or two of you are fibbing about this. All scripture is God-breathed, yet when we do our Bible readings, it very quickly degenerates that the Bible becomes the precursor to reading the notes. In its worst form, when you're in a hurry, you will read the key verse of the Bible and then the paragraph or page of the Bible reading notes. Hmm, some of you do that, I'm sure. And so we have this God-breathed, inspired word and we set it aside to read what someone else thinks about it. Now, don't misunderstand me. Does God gift the church with gifted preachers, communicators, uh, teachers and so on? Yes, he does. But is that a substitute for me opening up God's word and allowing him to speak to me for myself? No. No. And even if you're reading your Bible carefully, it becomes about gathering information about God so easily rather than gaining insight into a godly life. We can get through it, we can read our notes, but do we stop to listen? You see, listening is much harder than looking. And my contention is that many of us, myself included, look in the Bible but haven't really, really, truly learnt to listen. And traditional Bible readings with the notes and stuff are fantastic in one way because they help us understand something of the information. But why would I exchange what another human being has found insightful in God's word for my own insight? 
Why would I seek after what God said to someone else about that passage if open to me every day was what God himself would say just to me that day through that passage? And so it's made us lazy. We read what someone else has learnt. We read what someone else has heard. And we fail to teach ourselves, to listen for ourselves. For me, that's the nugget for 2011. For us to learn to hear God speak to each one of us, to me, to you, to hear him ourselves. So if you're already doing daily Bible readings, but it has the tendency to lead you into any one or more of these traps, then I want to encourage you too to take courage in both hands and for a season maybe to lay that aside to learn what might be the greater discipline for your greater good and God's greater glory to learn to hear God speak to you directly for yourself. And of course, we all struggle to live it. It's hard sometimes to really nail it, isn't it? That's what God's saying to me and therefore this is what I'm going to do about it. But that's the journey that we need to go on. We need to look and gain information, but more we need to listen and therefore gain insight, but more we need to live it, we need to incarnate, to become God's word in flesh as we live it out. Now, if you have got that wired, then you carry on with what you're doing. And honest, you can go and have a cup of coffee now. All right, the rest of us, myself included, need some help. If you've got this wired, don't mess up what's working. But my contention is that many of us, maybe all of us, know that we haven't got this wired. And there are things about it we could improve in leaps and bounds. So things you'll need if you're going to travel this journey with us. Everyone needs a toolkit. Do you know what you'll need first? You'll need a Bible. If you haven't got a Bible and you haven't got the means to get a Bible, then take the one that's in the pew in front of you. But don't tell anyone that I said that, okay? Just take it as you go, between you and me. It's yours. Seriously, I'm not joking. If you haven't got a Bible and you can't afford to buy it, just take it today. It's yours, our gift to you. Everyone needs a Bible. You need your Bible to be clear, okay? You need the print to be clear so you can read it easily, and you need it to be clear, as in the English is in uh, a, a, a language, so to speak, that you can understand, So we use the New International Version in church. That's clear, easy to understand. Uh, A more recent one that's perhaps even a little clearer is called the New Living Translation. Go for one or other of those if you're not sure where to start. The NIV or the NLT. It needs to be clear. And when I say the print needs to be clear, I'm probably speaking to some of you ladies who, who buy these very nice pink ones, leather covers, and you stroke it, you know? But the print is so impossibly small, you can't see a flipping thing that's in it. But it looks lovely, and you bring it to church, and it matches your scarf and your handbag, and you feel ever so good about it, right? That's not good enough, okay? That's not the deal for this. I want you to fall in love with a particular Bible that you're going to do this with, but, but not the pink fluffy one, if it's really, really, really tiny, and you can't see it properly, unless someone else holds it the other end of the room. You know the one, uh, and you know who you are. Okay, a Bible. The next thing you'll need is a pen. Anyone need help with that? 
Okay, a pen. A quid will get you 20 at Staples. Okay, grab a pen. Although, uh, uh, you're going to fall in love with these times with Jesus, so you might want a special pen. Top tip. Buy the person next to you a special pen for Christmas for their devotions. You need a notebook. You buy a notebook for a few pence. Again, I hope that these moments will become really precious to you. And you'll end up with lots of notebooks. Buy the person next to you a nice notebook for Christmas for their uh, devotions. Uh, A notebook that I've often used is a moleskin notebook because it's got the leather and the stuff. See, we blokes are not far away from the pink fluffy stuff. Um, But the brilliant thing about all these moleskin ones is there's a little folder at the back and you can put the reading plan in there. Okay, so there you go. Uh, And you need a reading plan. Now, we gave you that when you came in this morning. You got one of those. Okay, so you already have one of the four things you need. Things are looking up. You're well on the way to having what you need to do this next year. If you are serious about this, and this isn't flippant or a joke, I want you to get those four things ready, at least between Christmas and New Year, but before Christmas, unless you're hoping for a nice gift at Christmas, in view of what I just said, if you're nudging the person next to you. I want them there, sitting, where you'll see it every day as an offering, an altar. Lord Jesus, 2011, I'm doing this. These are my tools. I'm committed to it. I'm ready for it. I'm going to go for it. There is an alternative. The alternative is this. There's a brilliant online tool for helping you do all of this devotions. You can do it on your computer, which I don't fancy at all. Or you can do it on your smartphone, which I absolutely love. Now, if you don't know what a smartphone is, you haven't got one. Okay? (laughs) But this is the deal. If you go to Uversion, all right, online, it's brilliant. It's got loads of Bible translations. It's got apps for all the major smartphones. If your smartphone isn't listed, then you can use your smartphone browser because it's got a mobile site. Uh, And it's also got the Bible reading plan that we're using that's called the Life Journal Plan. I'll put all this on a blog or or online somewhere. So so you've got it. You version. It's brilliant. You can do it there and then. You can write your notes there and then on your smartphone. The brilliant thing of it is it syncs with your PC. By the time I get into work, my own devotions are there on my PC, all fully searchable and ready to go, and I love it. And you might love that too. You might not. But there, it's another way of doing it. Genius. I highly recommend it. You version. Love the guys that have worked hard to make that accessible for us. By the way, some of you have looked down on people that have got their phones out during my sermon because you thought they were texting or emailing. Increasingly, people are using Uversion and other sites like it to follow the Bible on their phones and to write notes. So you need to repent if you look down on someone using their phone during a sermon and thought, what on earth are they doing? And those of you who got out your phones during a sermon on the pretext that everyone else will think you're reading your Bible, but actually you're doing a shopping list and answering emails, you need to repent as well. Okay? So we're all in this together. You can do it on paper and you can do it online and it's both brilliant. Okay, things to get ready. Things you also need to decide. When? I think it's going to take you 40 minutes. You need 40 minutes. And you need to decide when you're going to uh, spend that 40 minutes. Spend it when it's the best time for you. When you're at your best. The same time every day. The same time every day would be my recommendation. Saturday is the hardest day for me because it's a day of least routine for me. Same time 
every day. Attach it to something you already do. I have to drink a cup of coffee in the morning or nothing else will go right. So I do my devotions as I drink my cup of coffee. It will be something different for you, maybe, maybe not. Attach it to something you already do. And take a moment that isn't often compromised. I get up early and I sneak downstairs. The rest of the house, in theory, is still asleep. And uh, away I go. And occasionally I get the patter of tiny feet coming down a bit too early. And I kind of, in my heart, oh, because the moment's been robbed. Will you play Mario Kart, Dad? Now, you think as a good minister, I'll say, no, I'm doing my Bible readings. But actually, I say yes. I say yes. And the reason I say yes is this. My kids are still trying to work out how much God loves them. And the biggest indicator for them about how much God loves them is how much they perceive I love them. It's the same for you. And if I'm tucked away doing my Bible readings, telling them God loves them, and all God does is take them away when there's precious moments to spend, I think that's a mixed message. My kids know that I do my Bible readings. But in those moments, I play Mario Kart. I have to catch up Bible readings later. I'm rubbish at Mario Kart, and I'm slightly better at my Bible readings. <laughs> when? Where? Well, wherever you want, that's up to you. Make it the same place every day. There's a strength to that, I think. So, what will you do? What will you do? Well, there's another. You got one of these this morning on your way in? Hello? Okay, yeah, fantastic. Okay. Well, I'm just following through some of the steps in the middle of that, so you can uh, just be aware of that. What will I do? Well, ask God to speak to you. Ask God to speak to you. In the beginning, this is hard because your faith level is low. The more you do this, the easier it is to pray that prayer and believe that God will answer the prayer. This is about patience and perseverance. You're learning something new. You fall off a bicycle when you learn to ride it. It hurts sometimes. It will be like that. You will not feel like it. It will feel like it's not working. You'll never do this. You'll want to give up. You've got to keep going. Lord, I'm believing you're going to speak to me today from your word. Secondly, read your Bible. Read your Bible. Now let's just say a few things about this Bible reading plan that you also had given to you on on the way in. This is genius. This is genius. It was developed by Wayne Cordero, uh, who lives in Hawaii, who pastors a church called New Hope, and uh, it's genius. And uh, he's given us permission uh, to reproduce these. There should be a, a copyright thing on the bottom, which will get organized on the next print run. Uh, uh, and he's uh, delighted that we can use it because it's brilliant. It's brilliant because you will read different parts of the Bible, but you'll pick up threads that you didn't know were there. It'll take you to parts of the Bible that you've never read and help you to engage with them. And it's brilliant because whether you read a lot or a little, we will all share readings that are in common. So look with me. Option one, down the left-hand side, that'll get you through the whole Bible in a year and the New Testament twice. Okay? Now immediately going, that's an awful lot of reading. That's less reading than a daily newspaper. Less reading than a daily newspaper. Sounds a lot, feels a lot. Many of us will read way more than that in other contexts. So don't dismiss it because you think I don't read very much. Uh, it's, um, it's not as much as you think. Incidentally, there are more uh, words in a Sunday newspaper than there are in the whole of the New Testament. 
It's, it's not a lot, or at least it's not as much as we think. Okay, stressed out about option one, you can go to option two, you'll get a cut-down version, take you through the whole Bible, but not quite every verse, that might be for you. If it still feels totally overwhelming, then go to the third column in the middle, where it says start here. That's quite self-explanatory, isn't it? So start there. And if you get to the end of that and think, well, I could read a bit more, then add a bit more. And if you're still feeling good, keep going. Okay? And you will also be sharing readings in common with everyone else who are doing the other options. You can do this however old you are, whatever your reading age is. So teach your children to do this. Uh, It's a battle sometimes to teach our kids to do these kinds of things. But we want our kids to learn to hear God speak. I want to miss out all the middle stuff for my kids. But trying to get them to do notes and this, that and the other. Let's get them to hear God speak from his word. So everyone can access it. And the really, 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 really important thing is this. Not how much you read, but whether you've heard God speak. Got it? Okay, so you could read two verses, learn to hear God speak and apply it, and you'll be doing way better than the person who's read the full Monty, but hasn't heard God speak in it. So it's not about how much you read, it's about learning to hear God speak. Um, if, if reading is a, is a nightmare for you for, for all kinds of reasons, then I can give you the Bible on CD, or if you go to Bible Gateway online, any passage of the Bible can be instantly read to you. You'll just see it at the top of the page, click on the passage, click on uh, read or audio or something, and it will read it to you there and then. There's so many tools these days to help us get into uh, our Bibles. Now, find the verse that most speaks to you. This is crucial. This will take patience and persistence. After a while, it will become, it'll come much easier, like learning to ride a bike. You've prayed, you're believing God to speak, so look for the particular verse that God would be putting his finger on for you today. So ask yourself, which verse caught my attention? Which verse surprised me? Which verse was I drawn to? Which verse did I find myself saying, I I had noticed that verse before. That's saying something different to me than before. Sometimes after the readings, I go back and reflect on the chapters that I've read until I see it. Once you've got it, you're ready to begin your journal. So, why journal? Well, we haven't got much time to to develop this a lot this morning. But why journal? Because when we write something down, it takes on a new level of seriousness for us. Something that's written down becomes more concrete, more real than something that's just shared. You managers will use it in work. Someone comes with a complaint, you'll say, write it down. Why? Because it takes it from the realm of airy-fairy into something that's more solid. You want the thing that's solid here not airy-fairy. You write it down because you want to make it firm, to fix it in time. In June, I went to a conference, and suddenly God was speaking to me, and I wrote notes like I'd never written in a long, long time. My handwriting, shocking because of the computer. Uh, But but I was just so aware, this every word, this is so important, and I'm scribbling away. Uh, I went to Westminster uh, Chapel uh, many years ago, and uh, Artie Kendall, who was there then, got up to preach. And almost everybody opened their Bibles, got out their notepad and their pen. And I thought, wow, this is serious. This is serious to them. 
because they're going to write it down. It's a sign you want to remember it. It's a sign uh, that you'll come back to it later and act upon it and so on. And we could say much more about why the act of writing it down is so important. The Lord said to Jeremiah about writing down what God says. In fact, all the kings in the Old Testament were required to write out the law so that they would meditate on it and learn from it day and night, to write it down, to make it real. This is important. This is serious. This is not a passing moment. I want to record this because it matters. So what kind of notes uh, should you be taking? Well, we're going to offer you this uh, journaling process called SOAP that's easy and simple. But again, I'd say, you know, if you're looking, listening, and living God's word every day, then you do what you like. You're sorted. But if you're struggling with this, then I offer you this as one tool. Are there other tools? Of course. But I would say this. I've been reading the Bible for 30 years. And this has revolutionized my capacity for hearing God speak. And it's done the same for many that we've been sharing it with. So I commend it to you simply on that strength. So you've got your verse your word of comfort, your word of challenge. Your, your, just go for one verse. There might be other verses that, that, that stick out to you as well, but go for one. Keep it focused. If you're going to do this every year, that verse will wait for you till next time. Go for the one verse. And in a clean page at the top of your notebook, write out the verse in full hand, carefully and slowly. I want to suggest to you that this is a precious, a holy moment when God's word for everyone, everywhere, every day, suddenly becomes a special word from God for you for this day. Do you see that? From the, partic- from the general to the particular. This is a special moment. This is God's word for you that day. Write it slowly, carefully, deliberately. Put the reference at the end and so on. It's from God for you today. You're beginning to draw the richness from the verse. So start making uh, some observations about it. Why was it written? What for? And to whom? And what was the mood, the purpose, the meaning? Why does it matter? Observation is so important. Lots of verses in the Bible that encourage us to, to look and see and to learn from what we're considering and observing. That verse from the Psalms, Jesus talks a lot about it. He talked about consider the lilies, look and observe the world around you and see what you learn. Jesus, uh, it's recorded, sat and he watched people giving in uh, their money into the offering. What do you observe and you learn? Paul says, in your walk, learn from those that have come before. What do you learn from Abraham and from others and so on? Observe. And just write out a couple of sentences, a short paragraph on what you observe about this verse that God's giving you. The next heading is application. We need to move into living it. This is so important. So important to make this step. This is what God is saying. This is what I'm going to do about it. It's so easy for it to be vague. This is where I can get very fluffy as I still want to keep it up here when God wants to speak directly into a situation. So how does this verse apply to me today? God will very quickly help you join up the dots. And it's so important that the people that Jesus hung around with were the religious people. They were the people that knew God's word inside out and upside down and they missed it. You don't want to be like that, do you? I don't. 
to know God's word, the information, but never grasp the insight and move on to the incarnation. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Some of you wish you could do that, but you can't. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he's heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. Application is the difference between knowing about and being known for. One of the things that really bothers me about people that know their Bibles really well is it's dead easy to know about, but not be known for. To know about the love of God but not be known for the love of God. To know about the forgiveness of God, but not to know, to exhibit, to live, the, and so on and so forth. You can apply it to any truth that we learn in the Bible. Try and make it as specific as you can. I need to be more loving is not good enough. How about I need to be more loving to so-and-so in the office who's a right pain? That would be better. Better still, would I need to be loving to that person in the office who's a right pain, and I'm going to do it today by... whatever it might be. Nail it. It's God's word to you. You do that, that day, and your day will change, I guarantee. Can you sense that? God says something to you. You hear what he's saying. You know what you have to do. You get out there and you do it. Is your spiritual life going to change? Hello? Yes. And then prayer. Right. A prayer out in full. Why? Because you want the exact words. We Baptists are great at extempore praying and how wonderful that is. And sometimes we just waffle on about all kinds of rubbish in our praying. Nail it. This is too important. God speaking to you. The God of heaven and earth into your situation. That day, nail it in your final prayer. And then finally, choose a title. You're welcome. Have a good day. Bless you. At the top, Write a title, so something that might help you remember it. And then perhaps if you've got a blank page at the beginning of a journal, if you do it online, you don't need to do this because it's all cross-referenced anyway. But if you're using a paper journal, then write a table of contents. That book will become a real treasure to you. Can you believe that? Every day, God's speaking to you. A real, precious, precious book. Was it Bob Monkhouse who got his um, jokes stolen? Yeah? And, and he was gutted because it was like his creativity, such as it is. Um, but, but part of him was lost. Part of him was lost. Sometimes at the end of a, of a day, I've lost a whole sermon's worth of notes. And it's like, ah, oh, it's nothing I know, but oh, for me. And, uh, th- these are precious. This will be precious to you. So look at, you know, put the date at the top, put the title, look after it. And in years to come, you'll love going through it again. Okay, to help us, um, we're setting up a web page that'll be like a gateway to a shed load of resources there's not much on it at the moment forward slash daily bible reading the one thing that is already there is uh, the ministry team are going to do a blog and on that blog we're going to put uh, some of our daily devotions online for you to read we want to encourage you we'll accept guest uh, devotions as well and we'll put them on gladly we want to create a culture that says God is speaking and because God is speaking we've got something to share when I go to my small groups, God's been speaking. I've got something to say. I've got something to say when I meet someone for coffee. I've got something to say when I get into work because God is speaking. We want to create a culture where we are encouraging one another with what God is saying. And you never know, it might turn out to be like the New Testament. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you share it with one another. 
So we're going to stick some uh, of our personal devotions on there. The applications will sometimes look a bit fuzzy because we're not telling you that stuff. Okay? So sometimes, and there's some devotions, of course, we won't put on at all because they're far too personal. We want you to get a feel for it. We want to share what God's saying for the benefit of all of us. Why? Because out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay, two final questions, and we're coming into land. Um, what about the bits I don't understand? What about the Well, you're in good company. Peter wrote about the bits in Scripture he didn't understand. He said, that's hard. Some of that stuff is really hard. I can't get my head around it, let alone my heart around it. The real issue, though, if I can be absolutely frank with you, is not the stuff you don't understand. The real issue is whether you're doing the stuff you do already understand. I understand more and more what Mark Twain meant when he said, it's not the parts of the Bible I don't understand that bother me, it's the parts I do. And we worry about God revealing more understanding of his word when we haven't quite grasped the things we do jolly well understand. Let's focus on what we do understand. There will be stuff you read sometimes and you don't understand. Sometimes most of your daily reading that day, you might not understand. I promise you there'll be something there you will understand. And it's about, am I, am I faithful with what I do understand? Or am I using the fact that I don't understand it all as a cop-out for not trying to live those bits that God's already revealed to me? A great prayer is, Lord, open, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. And then the $60 million question. What if I miss a day? Or more? Can you imagine missing more than a day of this? It's easier than you think to miss a day or more, believe me. Easier than you think. Right now, it seems impossible. It's dead easy to miss a week. It's pretty easy to miss a month. You could blink and it'll be 2012. And What happened to that? If you miss a day, okay, if you miss a day, dead simple, start on that day's readings. Don't try and catch up. Start on that day's readings. If you miss a meal, you don't have two meals, do you? If you missed a whole day of meals, you wouldn't have double the meals the next day. Don't try and do that. make you sick. It will not benefit you at all. Forget the meal that you missed. Go for what's there for today. Fresh bread this day. Give us today our daily bread. Go for it, okay? As if you've never missed it. He's like a tree planted by streams of water which yield its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Our world desperately needs people like that today. Because the ground is very, very dry. Whatever he does, he prospers. In a world where people are grasping at things, slipping away, we need to be a people taking hold of something that will last forever. The word of our God endures forever.